Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast on Radio MD, iHeart, or wherever you download us from. Thank you for doing that. This is 1152A of You, the Owner's Manual Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Roizen. I am in beautiful Las Vegas today. It's a gorgeous day, and longevityplaybook.com, of course, is one of the two sponsors of the show. The other one is lifesfirstnaturals.com, Life's First Naturals, which is the maker of both True Biotics and Bovine Colostrum. You can go to their website or even through the playbook, longevityplaybook.com website to find out why I use both of those. By the way, the longevityplaybook.com website takes over for the greatagereboot.com website on June 15th. So both will get you to the same place for a while. And then, of course, it will be longevityplaybook.com only. One of the stories this week, at least 10 pesticides have been linked to Parkinson's disease. And that's the key, if you will, longevity is the next disruptor story. But it's also a Roizen rule for a younger you, avoid unforced errors. And pesticide use in this case is an unforced error. But I'm going to talk about it in terms of what it means to the development of Parkinson's disease, what we know about that development, and why I have someone talking about aromatherapy today. So in the 1960s and 70s, most of the cases of Parkinson's disease were due to the Spanish flu. That is the Spanish flu 40 years later, or 50 years later, in people who were young at the time and didn't die of it, caused plaques to develop in the olfactory nerve. That's the nerve that you smell with from the nose through right into your brain. It's the only nerve that goes directly into your brain. In fact, one of the interesting things is that Those plaques were amyloid plaques, and they went right from that nerve to the basal ganglia and destroyed the dopamine-producing nerves. Well, what we learned is that smell was an important signal for both Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia, and is associated with plaque development in that olfactory nerve. And what we've also learned, and that's what this story is about, and I'm going to talk to you about aromatherapy in a few minutes, because aromatherapy is part of the cure. But what we've learned in the stories about COVID is those people with brain fog, even temporary brain fog, and especially with long brain fog, develop virus particles in that same track. It apparently gets into the brain through that olfactory nerve 
and is seen also, those particles, those viruses, are seen in the basoganglia where dopamine is made and where Parkinson's disease is thought to be originate from. Now, the story that we have this week and what I call the segment is the key longevity is the next disruptor study, as well as Roizen's rule for younger you, part of the study, meaning this is the one that is associated with, in fact, the reason I'm bringing it up is because of its association with Parkinson's disease, 10 pesticides are linked to it. And this is a team from the University of California, Los Angeles and Harvard University compared epidemiologic and toxic toxicity screening to isolates, which among the many thousands of pesticide products could be involved in the development of Parkinson's. And Parkinson's is increasing again. And it found 10 pesticides directly linked to the neurons, one of which is commonly used. So, and the patients were from California's Central Valley, and they determined the pesticide exposure of each person, and then looked at their risk of Parkinson's disease or development of Parkinson's disease. And it turns out that four insecticides, dicofol, D-I-C-O-F-O-L, endosulfan, N-A-L-E-D, and propargite were linked with it. Three herbicides, diquat, endothol, and T-R-I-F-L-U-R-A-L-I-N, trifluralin. Now, the reason I'm bringing that up is that's commonly used, and it's the most toxic. It's a commonly used herbicide used in California. It's another reason wash your vegetables very well three times in a kind of a salad spinner before you eat vegetables because these are common herbicides. And fungicides, basic and pentahydrate, copper sulfate, and folpet. They're commonly used in cotton fields and were commonly used in cotton fields So if the cotton field has been converted to something else, as for example, many rice fields were former cotton fields, not only will they have arsenic, which kills the boll weevil, bad enough, but they have these pesticides that are associated with developing Parkinson's disease in a, I guess it's a fulminant, it's not fulminant in the sense it comes earlier, it's fulminant in the sense that it is a profound Parkinson's disease over time. So the key message is know the herbicides, check it against this list. This list will be on the longevityplaybook.com. The combinations with trifluralin, T-R-I-F-L-U-R-A-L-I-N, were most toxic and it's a commonly used herbicide. So please check to make sure it's not being applied around your yard or any place. And if you've got a well water, make sure you're not getting that in your well water. But in any case, that's the key story of the week. 
Let's go quickly through the other top medical stories of the week and what they mean for you. Exercise, no threat to people with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. This is a disease where they grow thick muscle in the heart. Turns out you don't thicken it, don't have more problems if you exercise hard. The brain isn't the only place a stroke can occur. That is, a stroke can occur in your retina, your blood vessels to your eye and cause sudden blindness in one eye or the other. If you have that, get to the hospital fast, just like you would for a stroke, because that artery can be opened up and save your sight. And just like a stroke that occurs in your brain, this, this is another stroke where getting to the hospital fast is important. What happens if you do have a stroke? Well, keeping your blood sugar low is a key for retaining brain power. That is, sugar may be good in the short term for neuron functioning, but in the long term, what it does is it inhibits the functioning of your brain cells, meaning it causes them to rot on the vine, if you will. And I don't know how to phrase it better, avoiding anything that raises your blood sugar. Having a stroke, you want to keep your blood sugar down immediately, and you want to keep your blood sugar down chronically. What do I mean by chronically? I mean that you want to keep that blood sugar down after you left the hospital, after you've recovered, because the higher your blood sugar in the study, the faster you lost brain power or didn't recover it. One of the other studies, exercising weekly reduces flu, pneumonia deaths. It also is associated to decrease chronic pain and to help prevent Parkinson's disease. We knew that exercise is good for so many things. And that's the wellness for play. Anything you do to enjoy exercise, whether it's pickleball or paddleball or ping pong, tennis or running or whatever you do that you enjoy, even playing with the grandkids, anything you do that gets you physical activity is good for your brain. And that's the wellness for play. You want to play when you get well and enjoy it. Another one of the top stories of the week, quarter of Wagovi treated teens with obesity return to normal weight. That is the semaglutide, the GLP-1, otherwise known as Ozempic and Wagovi, are both excellent, it looks like, at treating obesity. What's the problem? Well, we went into this before. The problem is we don't know the long-term effects, and this does decrease craving center in the brain. That may be a good thing long-term, but we just don't know its long-term effects. The last story of the week is chronic pain is just like diabetes or high blood pressure. It's a huge burden on the U.S. population. What this study tells us is that at any one time, about 5% of the U.S. population has significant chronic pain, and 1.6%, one-third of those, have essentially disabling pain. Okay, our last story is on women's health screening and what's appropriate. Of course, 
the things they say, cervical cancer screening, that's pap test, a HPV test every five years, a HPV and pap co-test every five years, and a pap test every three years from age 21 to at least age 70 is indicated. Colorectal cancer screening starting at age 40, that's a colonoscopy. Sexual disease, transmitted disease screening, all sexually active women should get that. A professional skin examination once a year starting at the latest at age 40. And those are the extra ones you should get. Remember to get your vaccines up to date, including shingles. That's a real painful condition. We haven't had Mark Kahoot come up here, so let me go in and talk about this. They have a four-pack of screening that is specific smells that have been shown to help retrain your sense of smell and consequently in animal studies prevent the plaques developing along the olfactory nerve and into the dopaminergic neurons in animal models of both dementia and now of COVID-induced brain fog. The other studies is if you have four smells a day, you prevent about 23% of dementia or reverse, that is prevent people with MCI from developing dementia in randomized studies compared to the same group that didn't have the four smells a day. So log on to erosina.com and make sure you get a four smell pack. There's a specific smells that Mark has got and that have been studied in the literature. I'm going to pull out, um, he gave me uh, one of these four packs. I have this uh, a sense. It is Aerocena, A-E-R-O-S-C-E-N-A. It is located, and the website for it is Shop A Sense, S-H-O-P-A-S-C-E-N-T-S dot com. Shop A Sense dot com. He doesn't say what the smells are on these, other than their energy, focus, calm, and sleep. Calm is lavender, orange, juniper berry. Can't, re- can't pronounce this one, Pachahuli and Yang Yang. The sleep is lavender, Yang Yang Yang, tangerine, and marjoram. Focus, bergamot, peppermint, frankincense, and rosemary, and energize your soul, lemon, orange, bergamot, lavender, and peppermint. So those are the wellness pack that has those four smells that I'm starting to use daily. Uh, Thank you, Mark, for that. So we'll go through that next week. Thank you for listening. I know I've gone a little long, but I wanted to make you understand why we're so scared of long COVID. COVID is not a benign disease. Brain fog with COVID is not benign. Smell four smells a day. You can do it, alcohol, coffee, whatever you want. Four different smells a day keeps the dementia doc away. Thanks very much. We'll be back next week. And by the way, one of our sessions next week is on preventing dementia. 
That's our guest segment next week, 1153B. So do want to download the B segment too. Thanks to our sponsors, the longevityplaybook.com and lifesfirstnaturals.com. Life's First Naturals, the makers of uh, both True Biotics and Bovine Colostrum. We'll be back next week. We hope you are too.